Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Courtside Sound Up Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shevinoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, future jiu-jitsu world champion. Uh, actually, for today, it's future boxing, misfits boxing world champion, Andrew Ortega. Little in-joke there. Um, anyways, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. UC 286, UC San Antonio. A bit of news uh, to go ahead and hit at the end of the show. As always, are brought to you by two amazing sponsors of the program, Rogue Energy and Elixir.com. Rogue Energy, they keep you fueled up. They keep you going through the day. Uh, obviously, whether you're going ahead and playing video games, going to the gym, or working just from home like I do, Rogue Energy is very, very helpful. They can help you get 10% off with code SOUNDOFF at checkout. It's code SOUNDOFF at checkout. For 10% off. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, Elixir. Elixir.com, leading distributor of Delta 8, 9, and 10, as well as AJG products. Whether you want vapes, joints, gels, dissolute, whatever you want, they got it. You can get 10% off with code sound off at checkout. Personally, test. Great product. And uh, incredible sponsor of the show. But uh, in terms of the fights, man, UC 286 going down last Saturday night from the O2 Arena in London, England, and, dude, the fans showed up for this one. They showed up and they showed out. Uh, if you guys remember the last time the U.K. got a pay-per-view, it was UC 204 back in 2016, but that they held that card uh, at, like, 4 a.m. for the U.K. fans. This time, you see what happens when they actually go ahead and they're allowed to have a card at their normal time because they were fucking crazy from the opening fight, man. But in the main event, the last fight of the card, Leon Rocky Edwards. I'm gonna go and say it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. Stop saying shit is a fluke just because somebody wins in the last, in the last round, man. Just because somebody comes from behind does not mean their win is a fluke because Leon Edwards and still, everybody thought he was gonna go ahead and lose. Everybody thought the first win was a fluke. And instead he goes out there and outpoints and, uh, yeah, man, has a great performance. He's a lot of leg kicks, a lot of kicks to the body, incredible lateral movement. And whenever he got taken down, was able to scoop right back up. And Kamara was not able to get much going, man. In the end, he ends up winning majority decision. First of all, what you think about the fight itself? I know a lot of people, admittedly, only a couple of them, thought that uh, Kamara won the fight where he had a claim. How would you personally score the fight? Uh, I had it for Leon. I had a few versions of I like thought it possibly could have been scored because I, I you know me josh i mentioned this every time i i try to come up with all the possible variables and possibilities and rounds that maybe even i had a hard time scoring just to potentially win it or potentially see how uh, it come out um i had it i had it for leon and then i had another scorecard oh i don't remember if it was a draw i sent you a picture it might have been a draw mm-hmm. or a way that kamaru could win it but it'd be very you know, you'd really be pushing it if I remember. You'd have to give him, like, all the lean rounds, basically. Yeah, the swing, the swing rounds, I guess, is probably the way to put it. Yeah. But uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fighters were fighting on what seemed like the back foot on this card, Josh, and then getting up some nods, and they will fi- kind of talk about later on in the in the card. Like, it was kind of like a – it's kind of weird how it was, like, a reoccurring theme on this card. I don't know if you kind of noticed that or yeah, are kind of thinking about it now. 
You know what's kind of weird is like a lot of the, you know, a lot of cards, not a lot of cards, excuse me, a lot of the fights on the card, they had like not a bad decision, but they would just, there was always like one dissenting judge or like, it seemed like the judges were looking for different things on fight night than they normally do. Cause I know some people were like, oh, just, you know, they're being biased towards UK fighters, but like, that wasn't, I mean, Gaethje won a close fight and that fight had weird scoring. I mean, like, there, there were, there was just weird scoring all night. But I do see your point though. A lot, like, Leon won this fight moving backwards, you know, um, which is not probably what you would have expected to see. But in, in terms of, um, the fight, I know that, uh, you did actually send me that. I remember you had, uh, basically, if you were to go ahead and give all the swing rounds to Kamaro and you're being really, really generous, you can go ahead and give him the win. But I, I scored it, uh, I believe, 48-46, uh, which would have just been Leon winning four rounds plus the third like the third round went to Kamaru. Plus, that was the round that had the point deduction, which we do have to talk about because I'm a huge Leon Edwards guy. I picked him to beat Kamaru twice. No, not bragging or anything. Um, totally a brag. Um, but, he almost uh, fucked himself. Yeah, he did almost fuck himself because uh, – you know, there were a couple of shots there that, like, because um, it wasn't just the, the fence grab. He hit him in the dick, too. And uh, he said that he pulled his glove, and there was other stuff. Um, but, and, yeah. And, and, I, and I get it, man. I've seen that video, too. You know, grab his stick and twist it. Like, I get it. I, the technique is out there, you know? But it doesn't mean you need to use it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, some of those, like, the, the, the dick kicks were, they were kind of, like, on the they could they could have let it go or they could have you know it it wasn't super clear but the fence grab was was brutal and so I think it was actually a really good thing they took a point away I thought Herb I thought Herb you know I, he gets a lot of shit these days um, I thought that was a great honestly a great moment for Herb you know because you gotta you gotta call it in that situation because Kamara was gonna take him down like if it wasn't for that fence grab so um, yeah anyways man uh, as far as the main event goes hell of a performance by Leon Edwards but. I almost feel like all the, I don't want to say all the shine, because it is such a rare thing to have. Like, this is a guy that, like, let's just put in perspective. Like, nobody thought this would happen. And I I, put, I did, like, a Twitter thread about this, like, last night, about how, like, you know, everybody thought that, like, Colby and Kamaru were just so far ahead of the division. And look what happened. They finally let somebody act, fight for the belt. A guy who had been winning for a long time, but just couldn't get a shot. He won the belt and beat Kamaru twice, which is partially why I'm even more upset that now we're just bringing Colby back in and pretending that nothing nothing's changed. <laughs> because if you did not watch UFC 286, boy, Colby Covington was in the front row. He was all over the broadcast. And, dude, it almost felt like the last year, and, like, this is, like, a term that you don't really use for sports, but it felt like it was non-canon. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Colby's been gone for a year. He's had all the legal stuff. We were talking about him fighting Hamzat. We haven't heard about anything else outside of that. And basically, he just shows up on on weigh-in day as a backup. And like, oh yeah, Colby's fighting for the belt now. Like everything's back to normal. Like, what do you kind of what do you kind of make of all this, man? Not because we'll talk about him getting the title shot in, in a second. We'll talk about the merits of that in a second. But in terms of his kind of really fast return, I mean, look, it's fun to see him back. But I mean, to kind of get into the conversation you really, really want to get into, Josh, it's. I mean, this is the most ridiculous shit I've seen in the sport, Josh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it absolutely makes no sense that this man is getting another opportunity to tell him, look, it's not like he can't get that shot again. 
It's just that right now, he doesn't deserve it. I mean, I was very set on the on my mind that they were going to have the next fight, ideally in their world, maybe Jorge beats Gilbert, which who knows? I don't know. I don't, I don't think it'll happen, but you never know. And he would get that title shot against uh, Leon. And if not, uh, Gilbert would get a shout if he beat, or you know, whoever it was going to be. I guess we didn't we yeah. didn't know who the winner is. Of course, we didn't know who the winner was going to be at the time. But uh, the person who would win that fight would get their their nod at the title. But instead, like you said, we get the fucking. I mean, this is fucking highway robbery, Josh. This is some Bonnie and Clyde shit. This is some fucking. I fucking can't think of the guy who fought Anderson Silva who fucking robbed the bank, but it's that kind of. Oh, shit. oh, you're talking about Lee Murray. Some Lee Murray shit, dude. Some fucking. You know they're gonna make a Showtime doc about him, like a four part series. Fucking awesome! I did hear about that a while. Anderson's ago. gonna be in it. It's gonna be. I'm so excited for that shit, dude. Yeah, it's gonna. If you guys don't know Lee Murray. Former UFC fighter knocked out T. Ortiz in a street fight. Uh, fought Anderson Silva. Whoa, I didn't know that. He it's fought. Like, yeah, he knocked him out in a street fight. I think even I don't think he knocked out Chuck, but he I think he might have hit Chuck or something because that was when Chuck and Tito were boys. Um, yeah, yeah, he was a bad motherfucker. Fought Anderson Silva, I think for the Cage Rage light heavyweight title or something. Also committed the biggest bank robbery in uh, the history of the world. Uh, it was like him and four other dudes went and robbed a bank in the UK. And they got away with, I don't know how many millions, but it was pretty, cra- it's a pretty crazy story. So, um, yeah, you guys should do some research on Lee Murray or just watch the documentary that's coming out in a month. So, uh, but anyways. In a, mo- in a month? Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming out. It may not be a month, but it's coming out very soon. I just don't know what's oh, up. By the way, great TikTok clip right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out. Hey, shout out TikTok people. Shout out you guys. Um, anyways, man. Uh, look, in terms of the merits of Colby's title shot, right? Is it the worst title shot of all time? No. It's it's not. I mean, let, let's be honest. Like, what do you think it is actually? <laughs> so, if we're taking all of the context out of the situation, the worst one is John Lober. John Lober fought Frank Shamrock at UC Brazil in 1998. That was like UC. It was UC Brazil slash UC 17 and a half because UC when they, if I remember correctly, when they went over like seas, they would put it as a half. I, UC was fucking weird back in the day. That. No wonder they didn't take off until, you know, they got bought out by uh, uh, Dan and Surprised they make it like one-third or three-quarters. <laughs> right? But anyway, so they fought uh, – John Lober fought Frank Shamrock at UC Brazil uh, in 1998 for the UC light heavyweight title. But it's important to note, by this point, Frank Shamrock had um, – he'd beaten – he'd already won the title. He defended it like three or four times. He was basically the best guy in the company, and they didn't really have anybody for him to fight, so they went and grabbed John Lober. John Lober beat him the year before, but after beating uh, Frank Shamrock, who, if you guys don't know Frank Shamrock, guy's been erased from history, bad motherfucker. Anyways, he beat Frank Shamrock. He proceeded to lose, like, his next six fights. <laughs> and they just, you know, they just brought him in because they didn't have anybody else for, for uh, Frank Shamrock to fight. Without the context involved, that's the worst title shot. You know, but it was 1998. There weren't many fighters. There weren't many fighters of light heavyweight, and there weren't many fighters that you can point to and be like, "Hey, Frank Shamrock lost to this guy." So, it, it from that, you know, with with all without context being in, in it, that's the worst one. But Colby Covington getting a title shot might be—I don't want to say it's the worst one of the modern era because I think Dan Henderson, Michael Bisping's up there. You know, um, Holly Holm. Uh, Jermaine Duranamy is up there, but even then, in each of those two uh, examples I just gave, you know, Holly, she only got that title shot because Chris Cyborg turned it down because uh, she was doing with the issues at the time. 
And then with Dan Henderson getting a title shot, you know, him and Michael Bisping had history. And if you look at the division at that point in time, whenever they made that fight, Yoel Romero was suspended, Leo Machida was coming off a loss, Anderson Silva was coming off a loss, Luke Crockett was coming off a loss, Chris Wyman was coming off a loss. Like, there's, there's factors involved. This is the first time where I've seen a UFC, somebody get, like, a title shot, and it's like, I mean, Angel, how many, like, how many reasonable contenders can you put above Colby Covington right now? Like, I would just go. A lot. Is it a lot. Multiple? I, mean, I, I mean, everybody probably below him. Like, everybody from fucking, what is it, two down to like, six, probably. Like, give, like, give like reason, like, like, say their names, though. Just so, pe- just so people who, like, listening in the car. Like, what, like oh, what, just, well, okay, well, Gilbert, Shockbot, Bilal, uh, I'm probably missing one in here. But, I mean, those, those are, like, Hamza, three. maybe? Oh, Hamza, yeah. But that that's four right there though, like I said. Like don't not even like putting a crazy amount of thought into it. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. I mean it is to have multiple people. And I understand some and by the way, let's 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 just get rid of all the terrible narratives already. Because there's some people who are like, Oh, you know, Leon Edwards got a title shot off of beating Nate Diaz. I'm like, no, Leon Edwards got a title shot off of winning ten fucking fights in a row. <laughs> it's just, just, just you can't compare them. Like I mean, whenever you consider all the context of the amount of contenders, like Bilal Muhammad, how many fights he won in a row? Eight? Yeah, eight, eight, fight eight, 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 nine. It's up there. It's up there. Yeah, uh, fucking Hamzad is undefeated. If you want to give him a title shot, here's the thing. is There's multiple guys where you're like, okay, if you don't want to give Hamzad a title shot because you know, he's undefeated, bad motherfucker, high-ranked, and he, but he missed weight last time, okay, you can pivot to Bilal who is riding a nine-fight on streak. You can pivot to Shavkat. You're like, well, Shavkat's too low-ranked. What about Gilbert Burns, who's fighting in a week and uh, is just beat Neil Magny? And, uh, Neil Magny plus Jorge Masvidal, that's better than, you and know. And Wonderboy. There you go. And Wonderboy, thank you. So, like, it's just... A Wonderboy who's coming off a Kevin Holland win now, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's, there's multiple guys to where you can point to and be like, this guy deserves a title shot. I don't understand how you can come to Colby Cummington, who's had three title shots in the last five years, and he hasn't beaten a single. Has he beaten anybody? I mean, like, so we hold on. Let, let, let's let's just let's just have some the, fun here, Angel. The I mean, last got, person he beat was Jorge. Yeah. Okay. So his last person they beat was Jorge. Before that, it was Tyron Woodley, who lost to Jake Paul. <laughs> yeah, who, who lost to Jake Paul. Before that, it was Robbie Lawler, Wait, who Rob- is forty oh. years old. And unranked, unranked, and when and in case somebody's like, well, what, what was what was happening whenever they did fight Colby? Okay, uh, he had lost two, uh, three of his last four by the time he fought Colby. That was Robbie Lawler. Tyron Woodley was riding a two fight losing streak and getting fifty forty. He had lost his last ten rounds combined against Gilbert Burns and Kamaru Usman. What about RDA? RDA is his last legitimately good win. And there's no argument. I don't care what anybody says. RDA going into that fight was a bad motherfucker. You know, he had won three fights in a row, 170. He had just been the champ at 155 the year prior. But here's the catch, Angel. I want you to think. I, I don't know if you're looking at his wiki right now. I hope you're not. When do you think that fight happened? RDA versus Colby Covington. 2017. Close. It was 2018. It's been five years since Colby Covington has beaten somebody that's coming off a win. I want you to five years <laughs> since Colby come, coming off of a win. And if if we're being honest, if you look back at his last couple fights, like Jorge was riding a 
a three-fight unbeaten streak? Josh, this is our sport. It will – It here's the thing. You, it's, I'm at the point now where MMA is a sport, but the UFC is an entertainment company. Like, it, you can't – you can't defend it at, at a certain point. I mean, because as much as I love, like, and here's the thing, is, like, sometimes this leads, this does lead to great moments. Like, for example, as a Leon fan, having to watch Leon climb and scratch and crawl to get a title shot was so agonizing, but then whenever he knocked Kamar Usman the fuck out, and then whenever he beat him again, I was like, dude, I've been telling y'all this dude is sick. I've been telling you, I've been telling y'all for a while now that he needs a title shot and he's the real deal, you know. And so sometimes it can lead to great moments. But like, dude, like Bilal Muhammad is how old is he? He's he's thirty five. It's such a thing because literally I saw his first ever fight in the yeah, UFC. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's thirty four. Okay, he he's <laughs> and in case like okay, there's like, this is we've been butchering this whole argument for like the last. Like five, like the argument for for Colby to get a title shot for the last five minutes. Like, there's literally no defensible angle in which you can do it. The only defensible angle in which you could do it was if Kamaru beat Leon, because those two have history. But even then, Colby's lost to him twice. What are we doing here? <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you hurting me? Why are exactly. you damaging this relationship? Why? Are you hurting me? Well, and here's the thing, too, is, like, I want, and I see a lot of fans are being, like, Colby Covington is a draw. And I think that there is a legitimate. To an extent. There, there is, to an extent. That's the way to put it. There is some truth to that. However, he is, Colby Covington is a draw within the MMA community. What Like, the MMA fans like Colby Covington. But he's not a draw to the average person. Does he have more stock than Bilal Muhammad? Sure. Is it negligent? Is it is it massive enough to where he should be just getting title shots willy nilly like he has been? No. Like the, he, in fact, fucking some of his numbers were some of the worst of all time. Like for, I remember whenever he fought, uh, it was either Woodley or uh, Lawler. He set the record for the lowest ESPN UFC card. His fight with Masvidal on pay per view did so bad we never even learned the numbers. You, you nobody even think about that. Like you can't, you can't find it. <laughs> I mean, you can't. USC two seventy two. Look, try and find the favorite numbers because you know whenever it's a good night at the office, you always hear the numbers. We right? never got no, an, we never got an estimate, like a rumored amount. Not a single one. So, and that was disappointing because I was actually really looking forward to finding out that because um, I thought that card could have been interesting because you got two guys who are coming off losses, main event, doing a pay per view, not a title on the line. I thought it was going to be interesting to see. We never found out those numbers. And if you never find out the numbers, it's because the numbers are bad. That's always this. That's always just the truth. Like, they're, back in the day, Dave Meltzer used to give out numbers because he had access to cable numbers. But since it's moved, it been, since it's moved to ESPN in 2019, he stopped giving out numbers. So whenever you see numbers pop up every once in a while, it's just because somebody from the UFC, like, yo, we got we to gotta make sure the press knows about how well – Kamaru versus Jorge did, for example, you know, like that first, that first fight did 1.3 million, you know, but the only reason why we learned that is because it got reported by like the Wall Street Journal, like three days after the review happened, because the USC wanted that information to get out there, you know, like that's, that's just how the press works, so, yeah, I mean, Colby is not a big enough draw for this fight to make sense, and, uh, yeah, it's just fucking stupid, I mean, that's, that's the best way to put it, so, 
I mean, any closing thoughts on that? Like, I know that I kind of did a bit of a monologue there, but I can't I mean, not much, this week. I mean, there's not much else to it. I mean, you you kind of just laid it out there for the people. I mean, it, it just it's just dumb. It's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. It shouldn't be happening. People are getting robbed of opportunities. But that's just, I guess that's just a fucking fight game, man. I guess so. Yeah, it's just it's it's terrible. It's frustrating, and um, yeah. But I mean, one thing that some of these guys can do though that are trying to get to the title is just you know, and it obviously sucks because if you already deserve it, you should already be there. But it's just be undeniable. Yeah. Well, and that's what I thought. That's what I thought Shavkat was. I thought I thought Shavkat Rachmanov. I understand you can't. Some people are like you can't give him a title shot of beating Jeff Neal. And I'm like, why not? Like, it's just, it's just, why not? I mean, the guy's fucking, you know, Shavkat Rachmanov is 17-0 and and has gotten five wins in the last, uh, you know, since joining the UFC. And never in, seen in his scorecard. <laughs> never seen his scorecard. And I don't, I don't understand how you can watch. How can you watch Shavkat Rachmanov go through Jeff Neal like that and think, like, we have to give another title shot to Colby Covington? Like this is what I'm saying. Like I, ever since you ever since you came out of the pandemic, they've been so fucking lazy. Like they're just now talking about leaving the apex. It, you know, Dana said like, "Hey, the apex got too cozy. We're finally leaving the apex." Like, dude, like it took. Like every other sport has been consistently outside having fans, and I like an apex card every once in a while. But like, it's just been they've just been so fucking lazy. This is another example of that. Because, like, Colby's a guy that promotes himself, you know, full props to the guy. He tries, you know. He goes out there and he does, like, interviews of everybody. The guy does what he needs to do. And you're like, well, Shavkat doesn't do that. Shavkat doesn't tr- doesn't trash talk. And Bilal Muhammad doesn't trash talk. And it's like, dude, Bilal Muhammad just destroyed a 17-0 Sean Brady. You can't promote that win? Like, he, everybody says he's boring. He not he fucking butchered him on the Shavkat Rachmanov, the guy doesn't speak English, but how can you not watch that guy he doesn't need to speak English to do what he does. Exactly. Yeah. What about what about Hamzat Jamai? Is he not a big enough draw for you? Like, what about fucking like Gilbert Burns? Is he not like inter- like there? There's four different guys, so it's just crazy. And I, I've gone on too long about this, but it's just embarrassing, you know? Because this sport is so it's so good. It's so whenever the sport is like good, there's nothing better on the planet. There's nothing like Leon fighting Kamaru. In London, that crazy crowd, seeing that moment, that whole night, that was a sport at its best, immediately followed by the sport at its worst. No that's just, fucking joke. That's just how it is. But anyways, man, uh, about time to move on, because in that Coleman event, dude, Justin Gage, he hit y'all with the Roy Jones. Y'all must have forgot, because, uh, man, facing Rafael Vaziv, one of those new kids on the block, you know, uh, I mean, we've seen a couple of these fights now where the the old guard has stood strong. You know, uh, Benil Daryush beat Mateus Gamrot. You know, we saw fucking. Um, I probably it's probably not it's not the exact same situation because they're both veterans, but you see uh, newcomer Michael Chandler losing to Dustin Poirier. You know, recently, obviously a different scenario, but it's still a relatively new guy to the organization. And then another one, Gaethje defeating Rafael Fazeev. Dude, what a win by him! Comes out, got rocked early, but he stayed in there. He stayed in the pocket, and I'm pretty sure, man, mouth, mouth breather uh, Gaethje, 
he fixed his nose, man. He, uh, I think that's actually like a big factor into this. But uh, yeah, he ended up winning by decision. What did you think about it, man? I mean, again, like I said, like he, he was kind of on the back foot there for a bit. He got rocked a few. What is it? Twice. In what was it, the first round and the yeah, uh, would have been the second, no third round. But he stuck to it, man. He he brought it back and ended up closing it out and winning and, and getting a victory that a lot of people had picked against him. A lot of uh, people didn't think he was going to get it done, but he ends up getting it done against a Muay Thai specialist and Aziv. I heard people saying this was a experience diff. How do you feel about that? You said it was what? It was an experience diff. Like the experience is what we won just in the fight. I mean, it definitely helped. It definitely helped. I mean, the rea- Rafael Faziv is um, as, as good as he is. And I feel like most people can see how good he is and how fast he is and so on and so forth. I mean, he hasn't really faced anybody at the top level. I mean, he beat RDA, and that was a good win, but RDA is 38 years old. And before that, he beat Rat- Brad Riddell, who, you know, Brad Riddell isn't even fighting right now. He's taking time off. He's lost three in a row. Like, most of his wins you can look back at and be like, oh, well, I can see, you know, why that hey, was. Hey, Brad Riddell was on the, on the come up, though, with him. Like, that was kind no, of. No, no, I, no, no, no. I agree. I'm just saying, like, this is the first time where he faced somebody that's a firmly top five guy. And to go, to jump from a 38 year old RDA to Justin Gaethje in his prime is, is a massive jump, you know. So I think I think the experience had had a lot to do with it. Um, but I mean, ultimately, I think, dude, like he just—I was just so fucking impressed. I was so impressed, man. So I mean, and I, I do want to say one thing. And yeah, uh, Kamara talked after the fight that he's going to give it one more run because it kind of seemed there for a while. And I'm, the reason I mentioned this is because Justin ended up mentioning something. But I'm there's a re- I'm, I'm going to lead into it. Okay. Essentially. You know, they're promoted by the same guy, right? Ali, right? Or they got the same manager, I guess is probably the right way to put it. Of course, they're promoted by the same guy. They're promoted by fucking Dana, right? The UFC. But, uh, Kamari said, and we didn't even talk about this, Josh, but Kamari said he's got like one more run in him, which is kind of a, kind of a nice thing to see, right? Cause it kind of, a retirement didn't seem far from him when he was with the title. So, there's that. And, um, at the start of the cat, uh, at the start of the Justin fight, I don't know, it was right before Justin worked out, right? I, I think it was even pre-fight. Uh, John Anik said something about Justin's career and there not being much, you know, like, uh, kind of near its end or something. And it's funny because I was like, dang, does that mean Justin's about to retire or something? Like, it kind of, it kind of got my brain going and the fight mm-hmm. ends and kind of the same thing happens. Uh, that I didn't, you know, I was at the time we didn't know Kamar would say it, but, and Justin says, you know, I got one more run in me, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of weird to me because it got alluded to even before the the. And I'm, I'm guessing he might have mentioned something in a pre-fire meeting, and kind of why uh, John Attic might have dropped a little bit of knowledge on us there for kind of early on. But it, I don't know. Did you hear that? Did you catch that beforehand? I did not catch that beforehand. I did not know that. No. Um, that's interesting. What do you think about the fact that they're both? It's kind of it's kind of weird, right? It's it's kind of interesting to see that these because uh, you don't really talk about it. Most people don't talk about it too much about how um, Gaethje and Usman are kind of they're kind of in this together for one last ride. Yeah, it's kind of training partners. I mean, they there's like that footage of him getting ready for a beep at his uh you know they're at the apartment or house or whatever and they're chilling together. Yeah, I mean they're they're actually really good friends. They're actually boys, 
And uh, to have two guys, like, mid-30s to have their kind of – like, I don't know how it's going to go, but, like, Angel. Like, this is this is just – this is fantasy booking right here. Um, but, like, just imagine Justin Gaethje goes out there and he beats Dustin Poirier next time out. And then Alexander Volkanovsky goes out and beats Islam Makachev. Actually, I don't think it really matters who we face in this situation. I just thought Volkanovski would be an easier fight for him. But anyways, um, let's just... Gaethje goes out there, he beats Dustin Poirier's next fight. Kamar goes out there, beats, I mean, Bola Muhammad or something. I don't know. And then it's Kamar Usman versus Justin Gaethje. Not Kamar Usman, you on, I just fucked him. On the same card, you know what I mean? Kamar Usman versus mm-hmm. Colby Covington 3. Justin Gaethje versus Islam Makachev or Volkanovski. And they both win the title, and they ride off in the sunset. Angels, is that not a fucking movie, man? I mean, that's that's poetic, man. But I don't think we're gonna live in that reality. No, 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 we're not gonna see that. I fantasy book this all the time. I didn't, I didn't even bring this up whenever we had a, <laughs> whenever um, fucking uh, John fought last. But as soon as John fought and he was going back and forth with DC, I was like, I thought about bringing it up on the show. I didn't, I didn't even do it. I was like, Angel. How about Daniel Cormier comes out of retirement? <laughs> I, th- I thought usually I thought about this at one you point. You thought about this too, of course, well, dude. I mean, how much do you think? Do you think DC's walking? How much do you think he's walking around these days? I don't know, you think three uh, bills? He's thick, bro. He's thick. I don't know. He's up there. I don't know, but it's up there. I don't know about three bills because DC is like five seven, but he's in the two sixty bare minimum. He's a big boy. Yeah. But, I mean, it kind of really back in. Who, who, who does Justin fight? I mean, it has to be DP3, right? That's the <laughs> DP3 does the support. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Yeah. Yeah, man. I would, uh, I'm so down for that fight. I think that's like the rematch. The, the only fight that makes sense right now, actually, for both guys. That's like the clearest fight we have in the fucking, I think in that weight class, funny enough. Just, well, and because their first fight was so epic and everybody, and I fucking banger. And I think the funniest part about that, too, is I remember being – everybody um, heading into that fight, I remember a lot of people thought Gaethje was going to fuck him up <laughs> because, um, you know, Poirier, he had a couple of good wins, but um, he also had – I think that was either right after or right around the time that he faced Eddie Alvarez and nearly got knocked out and he got knocked up with Michael Johnson around that time. And I mean, and another Dustin, guy on the way out. Yeah, and that was kind of a fight that made uh, Dustin Poirier become like – he's always been a fan favorite, but that put him in the, the violence, you know – like, one of those guys that, like, every single time, you, like, you see him, you're like, all right, it's going to be violence. It was after that night. So, at least that's whenever I had that connection um, to DPs. But, anyways, yeah, I'd, I'd be totally down for that rematch. Um, five rounds, too. I think, like, if they if they don't have um, – it's going to sound weird, Angel, but I want to hear your thoughts on this. So, International Fight Week is coming up in uh, July, and they want some really big fights for that one. And then I know that there – Jones, Stipe is obviously in the works. We are hearing about um, Edwards taking on Colby, which, you know, God forbid. Um, and there's one other fight that I've also heard about potentially being talked for. Right? Oh, yeah, Yair versus Volkanovski. Would it be crazy if we had three five-rounders on there? We had Jones, Stipe. You have Yair, Volkanovski, and then you do Gaethje, Poirier. Three five-rounders, International Fight Week, Angel. You down uh-huh. for that? Josh, do you really want me to have an erection right now? Like, come on, of course I want that. In the words, in the words of the great Jake Hager, you got a phoner. <laughs> You're rock even, hard with emotion right now. Not, not even just that. In the great words of myself, Josh, I am DTF. Down to fight, and yeah. that's exactly what Gaethje and fucking Poirier are gonna be. 
Um, yeah, man, I'm down for that fight. I think, uh, and you can even argue the winner would deserve a title shot too, which is right. kind of crazy to think about. Um, they would, they, they would be DTF. Yeah, they'd be down to fight definitely. Um, anyways, man. Next up on the card, not want to say about this one because it was so quick. Um, <laughs> Gunnar Nelson. I mean, pretty much exactly what you expected, man. Goes in there, takes down Brian Barbarena. First round submission win. Gunny hitting the arm bar. Two wins in a row for him, man. Gunner, he's a guy. He's sticking around. You don't think about him too much. He's 34 years old. He's getting up there in age. But he's still consistent. He's still going out there. He's getting wins. What do you think about this one? He's doing the damn thing, man. I got to respect it. I mean, I picked a guess, but I was like, dude, Brian Barbarena is one of those guys who could get a sneaky win in here. And, uh, and I was just like, maybe you never know. And I was like, I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to live in my mind knowing what if I could have picked Brian Barberina. And I tried and it, it didn't go my way. And I knew that Gunner, if he was the one, it was going to be the way it happened. And, and that's exactly what went down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think after his last fight, um, whenever, uh, excuse me, uh, Brian's last fight, when he got taken down by RDA and pretty much submitted immediately, I was like, well, I mean, I'm happy he's getting paid, but I don't even see it. Like, I like I, still, well, I forgot this like fight was even happening until like for a moment until I showed up on fight night and uh, they were like, "Oh, next up, Gunnar Nelson, Brian Barbarian." I'm like, "Well, I don't even need to watch this one." Like, fucking, no offense, I love, I dude, I love me some Brian Barbarian, but this is a terrible booking for him, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, who would you love to see Gunnar fight next, man? Two wins in a row. What do you think? What do you, who do you think would be uh, fun for him to fight? I mean, there's a lot of. <laughs> I don't know, just just anybody. I mean, he he's, he's got a ways to go to the rankings, man. I feel like because uh, he had a little layoff, right? That was that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so he um obviously he beat Brian, and then it was almost a year long layoff, a year almost a year to the day because March eighteenth he beat Brian, March nineteenth last year he beat Takashi Soto, and before that he took off three years, so. Um, yeah, he, he's an interesting guy. I don't know who I want to see him fight. That's partially why I went and asked you, because I think... You want to see him fight RDA? That's, a, that's actually a really good booking right there. And, a fight, and I think that you didn't put that in like a fight night main event, probably. How about that? Just just guys, right? Give him a little push. Give him a little yeah. boost. Why not? A nice, a nice little, nice little five-round main event. Fight night. Probably at the Apex for some reason. Not fucking in the Apex. <laughs> in, the, in the Apex. In the theater. What was the one theater they had? Uh, the one. Uh, that... the, the theater at the Virgin Hotel, I think. The theater at the Virgin Hotel. I know. Nothing wrong with being a nerd and a virgin. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, man. This was a uh, good win for Gunner. Excited to see him back. But a very shocking uh, loss happened on the main card as well. Jennifer Maya defeating Casey O'Neill, handing her first loss. I did not see this coming, man. What'd you think? Wow. I mean, this one, I mean, it threw me off. But at the same time, once again, like I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, it was an experience tip, man. I think that's what it was because Casey O'Neill kind of just stuck, kind of tried to keep doing the same thing, kind of came throwing the same stuff, and it kind of – uh. It just made Jennifer Maya's night kind of easy. She kind of had it figured out. She she knew what to do, and and she did it. She adapted, and she won that fight. I mean, that was the difference between a well and experienced fighter and a young and talented fighter with not a lot of experience, but has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is a big one for Jennifer Maya too, because she's heading into this one 
You know, I she beat Maria Moroz, but I don't know how many people. I, I, I didn't rate that win super highly. I don't even think Marina's ranked at this point in time. Um, and before that, she'd lost two in a row. You know, like she was having some rough. She was kind of been going back and forth. So for her picking up this win was massive. I, I think Kaysen, I mean, she's going to bounce back. She's too young not to. She's only 25. Um, she's only four fights into her UFC run. Like, this is her fifth UFC fight. So this is probably a good moment to pump the brakes. Not everybody can be Aaron Blanchfield. It is what it is, you know? Um, oh, man, look at you, Josh. I mean, I'd say you're dick riding, but I... <laughs> I don't know that's the proper terminology here. I don't think that's the proper terminology, but I don't think we're I don't for for uh reasons we're not gonna say what the other terminology is either. I'm not it could be anything for all I know. Right. Uh, definitely not gonna risk it. Um but I'm, I mean you hey, it's well known here that I am a massive Aaron Blanchfield fan, so I mean I wouldn't have known Josh. I mean just like I know you're a massive John Jones fan. Oh, you know me, John me and John thick as thieves. <laughs> Actually, John, <laughs> me and him, you know, whenever the coke was found in the car that he hit the pregnant lady, <laughs> oh. that was my coke angel. <laughs> you imagine he was doing me a favor. No, <laughs> um, he took the fall. <laughs> he did take the fall. <laughs> Jokes aside, um, yeah. Anyways, man. In terms of um. Next on the main card, Marvin Vittori. I was very shocked at this one, defeating Roman Dittalise. Not shocked necessarily, but uh, first of all, I, we should note this fight was pretty close, and I saw some people saying Roman thought, uh, let me let me rephrase, some people thought Roman deserved the nod. What do you I think? He did. Yeah, I thought he I, I, I did. Cl- it was close, though. Like, it's not one of those where I'm mad, because I'm like, it was a hard fight to score. It was close. And once again, like, another person winning it kind of on the back foot. Like, it was, it was mm-hmm. kind of like a, I tell you, it was the theme of the night. It was, and I thought he, um, and by he, I mean Marvin, I thought he did a lot of good work on the back foot. And I actually thought, like, uh, this is probably one of the better performances he's had in the UFC, because he went out there and he got rocked in that first round. Roman, Roman did at least, maybe not rocked necessarily, but he was taking some huge shots. Roman hits hard as hell, man. For him to stay in the fire and just come back and rally and win the next two rounds was incredible. I mean, according to two judges, one judge was, was fucking Stevie Wonder out there and gave the first round to... Uh, <laughs> I'm a decent man, Jesus. Um, but anyways, and by the way, in case this dude, this dude's got to be public enemy number one, and, and like in in the UK for judging because I had no idea who this guy was before. Um, but this guy's name, let me see if I can pull it up actually, because this guy is horrendous. Um, Paul Sutherland. Paul Sutherland. He had a, he he was there all night, man. He scored. Um, <laughs> Omar Morales, thirty twenty seven. Yeah, dude, that shit was some insanity right there. Yeah, that is insane. But d- don't worry, don't worry, Andrew. There's some more. There's some more. He scored Marvin Vittori, Roman Dilu, thirty twenty seven for Marvin. He scored Gaethje Fazeev, twenty eight twenty eight. So yeah, all the weird scores came from one fucking guy. <laughs> this guy just likes being a weirdo, dude. I mean, if you look up his record, and you know what's the weird part about it? I really just think he had, like, a bad night. Because if you look up, like, his his record, um, thanks to MMA decisions, you can pull up, like, his entire history. He's not terrible. Like, he's had some dissenting ones where he's been, like, the guy that's, you know, picked the opposite fighter. But, like, it's not, like, overly egregious, you know? So he uh, just had a really rough night, apparently, Paul Sutherland. So, uh, yeah. But anyways, yeah, shout-out Mormon Tour. Huge win for him. Very impressed. As far as the undercard goes, man, there was definitely a couple of highlights. Which ones do you want to talk about? 
I mean, we got to talk about Jack Shore a little bit. He got a submission win over Makwan Americani. The way the cat, uh, they were talking on the broadcast about it, it seemed like Makwan's officially making this move to 145. Like, is that actually officially confirmed? Because I had talked to you about it uh, in the pre-show, and you said it was kind of like, uh, I don't remember if you said you didn't know if it was a one-off, but do we have any of that confirmed or not confirmed now? By any chance? Um, I don't know if it's been confirmed. Well, regardless, at 145, how do you feel about Jack Shore potentially at 145? If this mm-hmm. is like a permanent thing. If it's a permanent thing, I'm down. I mean, I for anybody who's a killer at 135, I, you know, fucking go up, dude. Like, seriously, if you, if you have the frame to do it, I don't know why you'd willingly, if you have the frame to move up or down, stay at 135. That division is a murderer's row. I mean, there are guys that are unranked that are just fucking savages. Like, if you just, like, there are unranked guys at 135 that if you just, like, scaled them up and just moved them to, like, fucking a different division, like, instant title contender, but they can't even get ranked because that's how good 135 is. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of it as a Jack Shore fan, man. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see. I mean, you could tell he was uh, clearly a 135-er who didn't cut weight to make 145. Not not to make fun of him or anything, but yeah. he's definitely not a – hasn't built his body out fully yet for that 145 division, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I like the move, it, admittedly. I'm a huge fan of the move for Jack Shore. Uh, Matt Juan Americani, though, on the opposite side. Is this the end of his season, man? Probably, right? Man, uh, fuck. I hope not. He's a funny guy to keep around. He's seven and seven. He's even in the promotion, but I don't know. It, it's tough, man. Yeah. But you gotta think. You gotta look at the guys he fought. I mean, it was Jack Shore, Jonathan Pierce, Lerone Murphy. I mean, he's ten and zero and one. Jonathan Pierce is twelve and four. Who's now fighting Bryce Mitchell and Jack Shore, who's now eighteen and one. I mean, he's fought some tough fucking guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he has fought a lot of tough guys, and I'm not saying he's not, I'm not saying he's like bad, but it's more like, I just think, I mean, his recent record, one, two, three, four, five, seven, one in five, one in five in his last six. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, they, Mac wants probably not like on some crazy come, uh, contract. He could come back, but we'll see. Um, in terms of other fights in the card, we did mention Chris Duncan, Omar Morales for a moment. That was a, that was a that was an all right fight. Again, Paul Sutherland, shout out. <laughs> I mean, it, it was kind of a what was it? Chris Duncan. He, he had a good game plan. He adapted, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the fight below he, it, though, Josh. Oh my God! This God, was killed him four times. Yeah. By the way, late stoppage, right? I mean, I don't know. Was he? Uh, I mean, that for, for see, this is exactly, this is my point, dude. It, it, obviously, we talked about Paul Sutherland, but this entire night was weird in terms of, like, officiating and judging and ever, all around. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, no, no, you're not wrong, but, but still, you know what I mean? Like, was it a late stop? I think it was a late stop at Josh. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. That, that, was a, that was a rough one. I haven't seen anybody go out like that in forever. Mm-hmm. That was a rough one to watch. Yeah. No, it was. It was a really rough one to watch. And obviously, a huge knockout win for him, you know. Um, but you got to feel bad for Sam Patterson. That dude just had to use taking off his life. Jesus Christ. I mean, I was excited, um, man. He, he was, a, he was a, like 6'3", 155 pounder. He had like a 
10 inch reach advantage. I was like, I'm curious to see what this guy can do. Fuck, man, we didn't get to see any of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely, but I mean, that was a solid win for him. Dude, we got to talk about Muhammad Makati. Jesus, man. What the fuck? Another one, man. Another one. In the third round. Yeah, and also, like, he just keeps on having these moments where it's like, He'll go out there and like he'll be winning these fights, but then he'll find himself in just a position or something will go wrong, and he'll have to work his way out of it. And to his credit, he keeps on doing it because he won here ten and zero. But his knee, oh my god! Did you see the picture afterwards? I didn't see a picture. It was bad. I literally, uh, I mean, I was literally at yeah. It was. I think it was bad. I literally couldn't look. I saw somebody. I saw he posted the image. And I literally tried not to look at it because in comment section was just like, oh my god, his knee's the wrong direction. You know. I'm gonna try to find it while we're talking. Yeah, I mean, it was. Just, I'll put it. I'll probably make a, a clip of it and put it in here. I mean, it looks. It looks horrific. Oh um, yeah, I see it. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, definitely. Um. Anyways, man, hell of a win for him. Not the way you want it, but big. I mean, just stand defeated and uh, to survive that. Fucking crazy. Um, on the early prelims, Laroni Murphy picking up a big win over Gabriel Santos. What do you think about the decision there? I'm curious. I'm trying to remember this fight off the top of my head. I can't remember it. Was this a banger? Wasn't this like a back and forth fight? It was a pretty, yeah, it was a very back and forth Shouldn't fight. Have this actually been, shouldn't have these guys got fighter than that as well? I mean, I thought that they should have been, you know, I thought they deserved, maybe not fighter than I, but they put on a fucking show. Dude. They were trying to kill each other from, you know. Round one onwards, so. I remember that being a pretty good fight. I mean, I, I can't remember the decision off the top of my head, but I remember it being a fucking good fight. Yeah. But and if you don't remember the decision, that's fine. But, yeah, it was a really fun fight. Um, I thought Laroni Murphy, Murphy deserved it anyways, but I did see some people, you know, complaining about it. But people always do that, so. Uh, Christian Leroy Duncan, he's a CLD hyped-up guy. Ends up beating Dusko in just over a minute because of an injury. Unfortunate way that one uh, um, turned out. But, you know, it is what it is. Dude, Jake Hadley, shocking, shocking win for him here. I didn't think it would be that easy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that he won. I was very surprised that he went out there and knocked him out in a minute. Malcolm Gordon is, is the real deal, so. I mean, I guess he more. I guess the proper way to put it is he made it look easy. Well, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hell of a win for him. He's an interesting prospect. It, it's looking like it's aged well whenever Dana took a risk on him because uh, he missed weight on the Contender Series, but he just looked so good on the show, decided to give him a contract anyway. Um, it looked like that's probably going to pay off because he's a young kid. He looked good here and uh, seems to have gotten his stuff under control. And, dude, a potential fight between him and uh, Muhammad Makayev might come next or at the very least sometime in the future because they're going back and forth, and I think that would be a really fun fight. But I don't know. They're chirping at each other. I know. 10-1 and one versus 10-0, and 0, I'd be down, but we'll have to see. Um, yeah, and then last couple of fights, which kind of acknowledge. Shout out Joanne Wood picking up a win, man. She's had a couple of rough fights. Love to see her pick up a win over Luana Carolina. I thought the fact that that one was a split was crazy. Uh, <laughs> Jai Herbert defeating Ludwig Klein, solid win. And then our girl Juliana Killer-Miller, this sucked. Veronica Hardy, though, god damn. I mean, she looked unreal out there. And she took off three years, and I guess training with Dan Hardy, really... <laughs> Being married to him really did it all. I mean, any any final thoughts on this card, man? I mean, good for her. I mean, kind of talk about Veronica Hardy a little bit. I mean, they buried her at the very start of the fight. There was, like, no one in there watching her because they didn't want to have fucking Dan Hardy in the building that long. And 
fuck, man, she had a hell of a performance, so good for fucking her, dude. She she did what she had to do. A bit rough, a little disappointed in Juliana Miller. I'm not sure what happened, but, I mean, I'm sure she'll bounce back. I mean, she's a, she's she's tough, she's gritty, she's, you know, she's a dirty fighter in, in the best way possible, you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude, hell of a performance by her. I did not see that coming whatsoever. I mean, Juliana Miller will be back. She's young. Uh, but damn, dude, that one came out of nowhere. So that was a brutal fight to watch. Man, she took a lot of punishment, but yeah, good win there. Really fun card, man. Um, top to bottom. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping the UFC will go back to London again soon because they are quickly turning into one of the premier locations for the UFC to go to, man. I mean, it really, it really has become one. I mean, it, I think it is already. I think we kind of have to just say it as it is. It's, it's one of the best, if not maybe the best location right now for them. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, anyways, man, we do got a car coming up this weekend. It's not a pay-per-view, but it's still a, a, fight, a fight night. They're finally out of the Apex because we got UFC San Antonio going down from the AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas, a bantamweight main event. This one is uh, going to be fireworks, man. Five rounds between Marlon Vera and Cordy Sandhagen. I mean, neither one of the, I don't think the winner here will get a title shot, but it'll definitely be in, uh, in contention. Regardless, though, going to be a banger. What do you think about this one? I mean, it's a banger. I mean, we've been saying since this fight got announced, it's a banger. It's going to be fireworks, potential fight of the year, you know, call it as it is, right? I mean, these, this, this clash of styles is amazing. I mean, I'm just glad that, uh, that we're actually going to get to see it. I mean, I, I think I called for this fight, too, at one point. Um, kind of moving my microphone right now. I hope it's not making a lot of noise. And <laughs> Josh is like, dude, you're fucking annoying the fuck dude, out of me. Dude, right? what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what the actual hell? No, I was kidding. But, yeah, no. I mean, to talk about the fight itself, I mean, I mean, of course he can do it all. I mean, he's dynamic. He's capable of, you know, doing, getting you know, submissions underground, finishing fight on the feet, you know, flying knees, whatever it may be. Cheeto, very measured. Very calculated, super intelligent, great IQ, uh, takes his time, doesn't chase the finish. You know, the finish will, you know, I think, what's, this, what's the thing that the uh, the coaches always say? The, the finish will come to you. I mean, he is mm-hmm. more than okay with that. You know, he'll fucking he'll wait, he'll wait, he'll wait, take his time. And then when the finish, if, if he can see the opportunity, he'll strike it and get it, man. Um, fuck, man. Of course, Sanhagen loses his Josh. And I've been saying this for a while. He's already kind of locked himself out of the title shot for a while. And probably even maybe forever in a way, Josh. I know that sounds really bad. I don't know if that's my, if you agree or disagree with me, but if he is lose here, I mean, the title shot is, is gone, right? Like, it's going to take a very long time for him to rebuild himself and get an opportunity at the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he he needs to win here bad. Um, not unlike, he won't be cut or anything, but I mean, if I'm being honest, dude, I think he's probably already locked out of the title um, for the foreseeable future. Just because the bandwagon division is so chaotic. I mean, I think that there's too much going against him to be in contention, even with a win here. But with a loss, I do agree. He'd be locked out for the foreseeable future. I, I mean, I don't know how he'd even get back. So that's why this fight is so interesting. Um, Marlon riding a four-fight winning streak, a couple of knockouts. There were some former champions in there. Corey, he is coming off a big win over Song Dong, man. What do you think about this one? This is, a, this is a very interesting fight to me because I feel both these guys kind of thrive in the chaos of a five-rounder, so I'm very interested to see how it's going to go down the stretch. I think the big thing for I think the big thing for me is because you know a guy like Corey can make the fight chaotic and all that, you know, 
but but being controlled still is obviously not getting lost in the sauce. And with uh, I don't right, but uh, sorry, you know, obviously not getting lost in the sauce, not getting lost in the in, in all of it, right? And maybe getting caught with something. And for Cheeto, also not not allowing, uh, not losing rounds, you know, that he could get or making the fight closer than it should be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because. I mean, Cheetah's been known to get uh, those decisions that you're probably like, he probably should have got the nod, but he made the fight close. He made it difficult to score, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and look, I get it, man. You fight your style, you do what you do, and it works. I mean, Cheetah's a very vocal guy, and I'm sure if he heard us speaking or not, he'd be calling us out on our shit, but, and it, it's, it's what we've seen, and, and look, he's, he's at a good point right now in his career. He's been getting these finishes. He's capable of going, uh, the distance. His conditioning is amazing. His abilities are amazing. And he has all the tools to be potentially a champion. Uh, and this is his time. I think he needs to strike and take it. And I think, uh, if he gets this one over Corey Sanding, I mean, the statement is made and, and it's, 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 uh, you know, it's all a title from here potentially or maybe a rematch with Sean O'Malley to set him up for a title shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he's very, very close to getting a title shot. And you kind of mentioned like he kind of, kind of had a couple fights there and where he was making things closer than they need to be. And admittedly, a lot of those were in three rounders. You know, that Frankie fight, he, losing to Frankie until he got the knockout in the third. You know, Dom Cruz. I don't remember that fight entirely, but remember correctly, wasn't Dom winning going into the championship rounds? Or, like, uh, the additional two rounds, I mean? But, I mean, he's had a couple fighters made things closer than they need to be. I don't know, man. As much a fan of I am of, of Marlon Vera, I got a weird feeling about Corey Sandhagen. I feel like he's going to go out there and put on a, you know, y'all must have forgot type performance. I feel like he's, like he's going to do that. Am I, am I crazy? I mean, I, I, he could. I mean, it's Corey Sanning. He's more capable than that. I mean, you got to look back at those fights, man, and, and kind of look at him as a whole. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought he beat TJ. You know, it was a split. I thought he did. Yeah. He made that Piotr Jan fight close. He could have maybe – I don't know if he would have won. I don't know. He's been, been right, a, he's been right there, you know. He's been he's been right there. And, look, he, he came back against Songy Dong, and he kind of – he's like, I'm still here. He kind of, uh, kind of already did that, I think, Josh. I think I think this fight, it's kind of more like secure his position and put himself at least in a spot where he still has a part, an opportunity to the title because it really is it's just looking grim. Mm-hmm. I think the one good for him, good thing that has happened for him is uh, the fact that uh, the Piotr lost. Oh, that's massive! Yeah, I mean that was a massive thing. And, and thing, also, I mean, who knows? I mean, he's got to fight Aljo's got to fight Henry Cejudo, and TJ's gone. TJ's gone, and, I mean, if Aljo loses, I don't think he'll be getting a, you know, instant yeah. rematch or anything. And he's already thinking about 44-45, so. Yeah, it's, so. It's actually not looking, now that I'm kind of reflecting on it and kind of talking about it now, might actually not be that bad for Corey Sanhagen right now. Actually, it's, it's not that grim, but I think it, I, what I mean more is he still, even even if he wins, is I still think there's still multiple other people ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, he's in a tough spot, for sure, but, I mean, that's just that's how it is, but. I think the one thing like he also has going for him, he's an entertaining guy. You know, they're 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 more than willing to him to put him in main offense. They're more than willing to give him names. So as far as stock and and, and his ability to get, uh you know be, put himself in the position to get go up the ladder, it's good. It's just capitalizing on it and doing it. I just don't think he's going to get it done this 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 weekend, Josh. I mean, he could, but I just I just I don't know. I just don't see it. I think it's Cheeto time. It might be. It might be Cheeto time, but we'll see. I think regardless of how it goes, it's going to be a hell of a fight, man. Um, both these guys, incredible chins, great gas tank, and they both come on in the, as the fight goes on. That's what's very exciting to me. 
So we'll see what happens. Co-main event, though. Did you give your pick? I'm sorry. I kind of got lost. Oh, yeah. I, I picked Corey. Oh, okay. So we, we split. That's dope. Yeah. So we will. I wonder if we'll split here. <laughs> we may, because Holly Holm taking on Yana Santos. By that, I mean Yana Kunitskaya. Uh, Yana has been out. She obviously got married to the great and powerful Tiago Santos. Uh, and she hasn't fought in two years last time out. She uh, faced Arlene Aldana, lost by TKO. Taking on the former champion Holly Holm, you know, been out of action for almost a year. You know, she's kind of, I don't want to say in the, in the twilight of her career, but she's kind of she's kind of closing it out now. You know, she's 41. She's still ranked highly, She may, and she's kind of a position where any big win she gets, she kind of has enough star power, and the division is so weak to where it's like you can give her a title shot. Um, what do you think about this one, man? I mean, look, Yana's been out of action for a bit. She gave birth. She had a baby, kind of been busy, you know, trying to live a kind of family style. Her husband's had, you know, fights, not in the UFC anymore, moving on to the PFL. I mean, their life has been active, you know. There's been a lot of movement. Uh, she's coming back after a little layoff. Holly's been around, but we've seen her aging. She's been active. I mean, the same exact record. They fought some of the similar opponents. I mean, Yana's, uh, you know, she likes she likes to stand up. She likes to she likes to strike on the feet. You know, she's not like a like a wrestler. She's not like a crazy jujitsu practitioner or anything like that. I mean, she she obviously react to those things and adapt to it as the fight goes on. And uh, I mean, I think this is just a good matchup for Holly, man. Obviously, she's older, but I think they kind of they kind of set her up good to be like, okay, you you're in a good position to win this. Let's see if you can do it. You're older. We saw that in your last fight. Maybe you maybe slow down a bit. Maybe you should have got the nod. You know, I think this will be a very indicative fight of how, how much is left in the gas tank and if Holly's kind of, uh, you know, not, you know, like maybe age is catching up to her because I feel like she should be Yana. You know, she should win this fight. It's just whether or not she shows up to it. And I hope, and I think she will. I imagine she will. I don't think she loses the Yana. If she does, I think uh, retirement's not very far. And I, and I don't think it is now either, but this would definitely kind of seal the deal a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point in her career, she's kind of like any bad loss she has, she she might retire. You know, she's just at that age, in that stage. Because um, not only, she only has like 20 MMA fights, you got to factor in, you know, she, had, she was a kickboxer before she was a boxer. And then she was a boxer before she was an MMA fighter. Like, she's been a professional and fought at the top level of all three. Um, so, uh, definitely interesting. But in terms of, uh, like, her, her kind of overall career arc, but... She's been around the block, man. And she's put in some yeah. amazing work in, in all of those sports. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. We, we, will, we will see, um, ultimately, what happens. But I do think that, you know, I think she's going to win here. I think that Yana, there's just a lot of question marks. I mean, she's in her mid-30s. She's not, she's not a spring chicken either. She's in her mid-30s, missed two years, and um, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm going to pick Holly Holm here, but I'm also not very high on her future prospects, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But anyways, man. Yeah, I, I'm going to pick Holly to win. In terms of the rest of the card goes... There's a couple of um, there's a couple of good fights here. It's a pretty strong card, Josh. Even the the yeah. main card itself could be like you could put you could divide like 
that top half could be the like the start of the main card, and the bottom half could be the end of the fucking prelims on a pay per view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, this is a very solid main card. Very, very solid. Because we got Nate Landwehr, one of the most entertaining guys in the UFC. Just Nate the Train is crazy, but I love him. Taking on Austin Lingo, 28 years old, 9-1, and one, appears to be a legitimate prospect. Um, and, you know, he was originally... Um, actually, hold on, give me one second. Somebody got replaced here. I just can't remember which one of these guys is a late replacement. Because Alex Caceres is originally on this card. Nate, uh, Cacera, Nate Landwehr is still fighting, so it was uh, Austin Lingo who came in. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Um, Nate Landwehr versus Alex Caceres sounds like a fucking banger. And um. Even yes. more upset that, that they got to rebook that. So please, um, please use uh, it. But also on the main card, dude, Andrea Lee, Macy Barber, um, both of these women trying to stay in title contention, or at least Macy Barber's case, trying to claw her way back. You know, and she got really dunked on because when she first came to the UFC, she said she'd be the youngest champion, and she, you know, she did have a couple of quick knockout wins, but then she lost a couple in a row. She's won three in a row now. She appears to be much improved, and she's still only twenty four. So. Interested to see what she does here. And uh, obviously, you mentioned the main card. Albert Durev taking on Chidi Ninjakawani, opening up the main card. That's going to be a banger, dude. I'm very excited for that. But give me your thoughts on those fights and any other one from the undercard you want to talk about. I mean, yeah. I mean, you named some bangers off there. I mean, I'm a little sad you skipped over our flyweights here. Alex Perez, Manel Cape. I mean, a little. Oh, no, I was, I was just talking for the main card specifically. Are this the guys not on the main card? I see him on the main card here. On uh, not according to Wiki. Whoa, I see him on the main card on Typology. I don't know. Regardless, though, that's a little movement there in the flyweight division. I mean, Manel Cape kind of finally getting it together, throwing, and uh, kind of giving us that Manel Cape that we we saw in Ryzen finally, you know, kind of show up. Taking on one Alex Perez who, fuck, man, how long has it been since we've seen Alex Perez last? Alex Perez, his last fight was Alexander Pantoja, July 2022, lost by submission. And before that, it was a, and it, and it was a two-year layoff going into that fight. Yeah, before, before that was a title loss. Granted, though, they, they had tried to schedule a multiple fights, Matt Schnell multiple times, Askar Askarov twice, and it never came through. So not not his fault entirely, but, hey, man, it is what it is. That's just unlucky. But he is back now. Uh, that should be a fun fight, man. I mean, that's that's going to push uh, – if Manel Cape gets that win, he could be he put himself right there in the conversation to potentially – Number one contender position, title, you know, title shot potentially in the future, you know, something there. It's nice to see that the flyweights are getting a little bit of movement now. Now that uh, Davidson has moved on to one thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as far as the fight goes with uh, President Manel Cape, that's going to be a banger, and I'm really, really excited for that one. Manel Cape is a guy that like came into the UFC with a lot of hype, and he faltered at first, and now he's looks not, you know unbeatable anything, but he's looked very, very good. I feel like Alex Perez is kind of getting set up here. What do you think? I mean, kind of, right? I mean, that's what they're trying to do. I mean, they're giving Manel Cape the... They're making the pathway. He just needs to take it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably the best way to put it, yeah. Um, regardless, I'm, I'm excited for that one. Shout out to the flyweights. How dare you think I would ever forget the flyweights? How dare you, Angel? You bastard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, anyways, yeah, also on the undercard, uh, got Daniel Pineda coming back. Excited for him to be back. Steven Peterson taking on Lucas Alexander. Battle of the first names. Both of these guys got first names, so shout out both of them. 
<laughs> um, for both their names. You know what I mean? Um, anyways, man. Um, yeah, I mean, admittedly, the under like the undercard, I'm not as excited for, but I do think the main card's pretty sick. So, any closing thoughts on this one before we go ahead and move on? I mean, not much, man. I mean, there's some younger guys, guys you've seen on the Contender Series, guys that have been on the come up. Uh, you know, Trevin Giles on here, CJ Vergara, Victor Marone, who was actually very excited about Vanessa Salvador, who I believe is on the Contender Series. I might be wrong about that. Uh, Manuel Torres, a guy that I've actually known about for a little bit now. A lot of Mexican fighters have, I've heard him be mentioned in conversation that he's, he's a guy and he needs to be in the UFC and, Let's see. I mean, uh, I'm actually kind of excited to finally see him here making his debut. Uh, 155, 13-2, nice little record there. I haven't checked any of his fights out, but his nickname is El Loco, meaning the crazy. So <laughs> let's see. I believe that's what it is. Yep. Pretty. It's a. That's a. It's a pretty great. Uh. Pretty great name. So shout out to him. Uh, yeah, man. Pretty solid card. It's not. It's not anything too crazy. Obviously, when you're coming off a pay per view, you know, you're gonna feel a little bit of a. Feel a bit of a low, regardless, but but, yeah. but it's still a strong main card, John. It is. Yeah, I mean, it's still a very entertaining main card. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun. Um, yeah, man. Um, in terms of uh, other stuff this week, there's no more fight to talk about this week. I mean, the only other big news: uh, Caleb Plant, David Benavidez, is going to be fighting, I believe. That should be pretty. That should be a banger. That's a banger. Um, but obviously, we're not. You know. I don't think we really have a whole lot to say about that one. I mean, if you want to give your quick thoughts on that one, you can, but... I mean, not. I mean, it's just going to be a fun fight. There's a lot on the line for that. I mean, a hard fight for Caleb Plant, a hard fight for his opponent, too. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, obviously going to be fighting to keep that undefeated record, obviously fighting for it to get a shot at the title again, and Caleb Plant. And, I mean, Caleb Plant is one of those guys who obviously got a lot, a lot of doubt going into his Canelo fight. Going into this fight, he's getting a lot of doubt too, as well. You know, he's talking to shit. He's defending himself. He's like, "Hey, man, I, I performed last time against a what was it? Was it Durrell? Is that Durrell? Uh, yes, yes. It was Durrell, and he he did his thing, and now he's gonna he's gonna try to do it again, and kind of I wouldn't say shock the world, but uh, kind of prove that prove the people wrong, and prove the haters wrong, and people are doubt him because obviously uh, at one point he held the title, and he he believes he's championship caliber, and he's he's gonna try to capture that once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, man. I mean, I'm I'm very excited. I mean, I really don't have a whole lot to say because I'm very back and forth on that fight, but I am really excited for it. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people, are just thinking David Davies is just gonna rub through, run through him, man. I feel a lot of they're kind of uh. Caleb kind is of, tough out, man. We saw it with Canelo. We saw it in his last fight. I mean, it's just. Hmm. I mean, I mean, do not doubt Caleb Plant is all I can say. That's yeah, one hundred percent. But anyways, in terms of like. News, just a couple things to go over. We don't have a whole lot, but uh, Kevin Lee's back in the UFC, and we've kind of been wondering, like, where, like, what's he going to do? Lightweight, Walter weight? Will he fight a contender? Will he be kind of be brought back as, like, kind of like an old, not old, but, like, kind of, like, more of, like, a fan attraction guy that, like, they just know that fans are into and could put on some fun fights? It looks more like they're going for the second part than the first, because apparently him versus Tony Ferguson is in the works for UC 290. That'd be July International Fight Week. Is this the right booking? I mean, what, what do you think, man? This is Kevin Lee's first fight back. Tony's lost five in a row. They got history, obviously. I mean, I guess the whole thing is that, I mean, they're trying to help Kevin Lee out in a way, right? They're kind of trying to give him an opportunity. But at the same time, they're kind of using Tony, but not using Tony because they also are trying to give Tony a guy who admittedly on his way out wasn't doing the best, right? 
So, I mean, there's that too. I, I mean, I'd say it's an all right book, and I wouldn't say I'm the biggest fan of it. I'm just curious to see how Kevin Lee comes back, and I'm curious to see what changes he's made because he's a guy who at one point, fuck man, he had beaten guys like Ally Aquinta, Benil Benil Darius, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, those those are some high profile names, guys who had a uh, you know power behind them, guys guys who are fighting who have one for fought for the title, one guy who's once you know is deserving of a title shot. I mean, these these are the the people he has beat at one point, and it's like. I don't know. It's kind of a. It's not the same. I'm not comparing it at all. Do not think I'm. I'm saying these guys are similar at all in their situation. But Cody Garbrandt, but in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like there was success at one point, but then there was this this drop. And obviously, they 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 have both happened for different reasons. But that guy is still there. And Twitter or not, that guy can be seen again. And for mm. Kevin Lee, I wonder. Are we ever going to see it again? For Cody, we saw it, right? We saw a glimpse. We got it back. I think this is Kevin hmm. Lee's opportunity. I think with Tony Ferguson, obviously, they're, like I said, they're helping him out. But I think the fight after that will be very indicative of truly how uh, how much here Kevin Lee really is and the changes he has made hmm. to find success and especially to be at 170 and kind of uh, his future at 170. Because, when, I mean, shit, 170 is a hard division too, man. And look. And, and it's just a sad reality of this sport. Not everybody's going to be world champion. Not everybody's going to fight for the title. But you can have a place in the sport by being a very competitive guy, putting on great fights and winning lots of fights and never reaching a title. That is the one mm-hmm. beautiful thing about this sport. Even if you do lose, your stock is not gone. Correct. And in terms of um, this fight, I think I think it's an interesting booking, but I saw people being like, oh, you know, they're trying to kill Tony Ferguson and trying to give Kevin Lee a big win. It could be that, but also I think they're they're probably just legitimately unsure where he is in his career. Like, I understand he's calling to fight, you know, Hamza, and he's calling to fight Shavkat and these these absolute monsters. But the guy also just came, went to a decision with Diego Sanchez, and, you know, he's lost a couple, a lot, a lot of fights recently. Well, pretty much any time he's faced a high-level guy over the last couple of years, he's kind of faltered, so... Um, you know, I think this fight makes sense just because we don't really know where Kevin Lee's at. We kind of know where Tony Ferguson's at for the most part. Um, I mean, he's lost, like, what, four or five fights in a row? So you kind of got a good idea at this point. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm ultimately, I'm fine with it. I mean, I think for International Fight Week, it makes sense. You know, that's going to be a massive card. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fine. I, I think it's fine. I think it makes a logistical sense. These guys fought. If you guys did not see the fight... Way back in 2017, October 2017, I think, UC 216, um, it was a banger of a fight. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, it should be a fun one if it does get booked. Um, I guess Tony's found some time on spring break to go ahead and schedule this fight. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Spring break. <laughs> I'm, jokes aside, that's legit, that could be a legitimate reason why. Because it's not a coincidence to me that Tony Ferguson – Okay, so last time we fought was September. School starts in late August, and now he's coming back in July when there's no school. I think this is just, well, Tony, Tony's, just, Tony's busy in Harvard, Josh. I mean, come on. He is. I'm not even joking. That's legitimately why. So. Yeah, man, do um, his thing, right? Respect. I mean, that's that's. Uh, I mean, it's a very prestigious place to go to school to, and he has the financial ability to go there. So, I mean, nothing wrong with that, right? Definitely, definitely. Um. One of my favorite quotes, Josh, and I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off there. Go ahead, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, don't hate on success. It's not a successful hate on you. There you go. There you go. Um, anyways, man, 
last bit of news. Uh, we haven't talked about this. This has been in the works for a while. Kingpin is uh, this came out of for me. Yeah, I mean, you've, there's been rumblings, but uh, now they're 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 coming on, man. Misfits Boxing is obviously in the space. You got Jake and MVP. You got a couple of other, you know, influencer ish boxing promotions. Kingpin is going to be the next one, man. Um, because Kingpin, don't know who it's ran by, but they just announced an eight man tournament for this year with all influencers in the winner. We get a million dollars and they announced a couple of those matchups, man. Um, obviously one of those, Austin McBroom and Anderson Gibb. What do you kind of think about all this? I know that you're obviously kind of learning a lot right now, but, um, so you just learned about it, but give me your initial thoughts about this. I mean, it threw me for a loop. I mean, I think the cool thing is a, it's a tournament, right? This is kind of a, this will really show, uh, out of these particular influencers, who is built for this shit. You know what I mean? Who's really committed? Who's really putting in that work? Who's really training? Because, I mean, especially at the level they're fighting, some people are fighting five, six, ten times a year against lower-end competition to build up a record, or some, you know, decent journeymen, right, who can give you a tough fight. So we'll see, out of these out of this group of people, who's down for this shit. You know what I mean? I think that's a good test. And it's kind of a nice way to bring Gibb back to into the mix. We haven't seen him in a while. He hasn't been really mentioned in Misfits. You know, apparently he's been asking for too much money, yada, yada, yada. King Kenny up in here again. Obviously, he's coming off a loss. We get a lot of gals, too. Influencers are getting their shot here. Uh, obviously, some gal. Uh, I think only one of these ladies has uh, participated, in, who's Elle Brooke, who, you know, obviously she's made her big splash because of her uh, content outside of boxing and within boxing, too. So she has a little traction there because of that. So there's a lot of behind it, and I think this is this is a really fun thing. I almost I, I I see why we I see why Misfits wouldn't do something like this, but I would also love to see them do something like this as well at some point. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of potential here to do some some fun things, and uh, you know I, I'm and uh, I'm happy that they're going ahead and um you know. Uh, having a tournament because I feel like uh, influencer boxing is kind of a, a space to do some nice and, and fun and interesting things and um, you know Misfits has done that a little bit but I, I honestly would prefer instead of tag team boxing or some of the other crazy shit they've done I'd much rather prefer this you know I'm, I'm a big fan of even if they want to do one night tournaments or, or whatever it may be I'd be way holy more shit because you imagine a one night tournament with influencers you don't even have to do too many you can just do like I don't know. Like, three fight. I mean, three fights total. I mean, right? I mean, you can even do it less than that. Like Bellator had a one night tournament uh, back in back in the, the Bellator, like the light heavyweight one they had. Um, Bellator 142. We just talked about it last week. Funny enough, uh, Dynamite. They had that one night tournament, and they had four light heavyweights, and they they each fought uh, twice. Um, I mean, shit. Heavyweight's a different story, though, bro. Like that's true. That's true. Heavy. I mean, look. I, I mean, I, I was thinking like uh, you know, first round. I guess, or I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it would, it would be three first round, second round, and then third round would be championship fight. Mm. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, man, I'm, but just to kind of close out on this uh, this topic, uh, big fan of this, ultimately. I, I don't really know who this is. I don't know where they're getting money from. By the way, Josh, you know what we should do? Uh, we should start our own, like, counter promotion. We should start Influencer MMA, Josh. Why not? I'm you sure know, they're all just. Who would who would be our first matchup? You know, we gotta have our boy uh, PJ on there. Overflow. 
But who would he be up against? Who would be someone fun? Shit. I mean... It doesn't have to be super realistic either, Josh. I mean, we could do, like, Ashton Kutcher, because I know he's, like, a fucking brown belt, right? Let's do him versus... Let's do uh, let's do our boy PJ over full versus uh, Mark Zuckerberg. How about that? Oh, fuck. I think Mark Zuckerberg is about to get fucked up, dude. Nah. Uh, I mean, the, the Zuck's a Not robot. Not my problem. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I was down for Ashton Kutcher fucking our boy PJ, man. I mean, that, that brown belt, black belt. I mean, I, I thought it was... Which, I mean, I don't know. Ashton Kutcher might be a black belt by now. Shit, maybe. I don't know, but that, that'd be a little fun. I know we're getting a little off track here, but... No, it's hey, all man. good. It's all good. It's I, all I, good. Want to see, I want to see these guys in a cage, man. I want to see some real violence. I mean, they're always talking about, like, I'm going to fuck them up. Okay, I was like, I look... Like, I get it. Boxing, boxing is fun. I love it. It's it's one of my favorite sports. And I'm like, so let's see these fuckers in the cage, man. I like to see somebody try it. I like to see like just one promotion. I don't there's, need. I don't need like all. There's, of them. there's been one time that I've seen a Valencia MMA. Yeah. The pro CSGO player. Yep. Knocked out another guy. Another. Like guy. I don't even need it to be like every fight, but if they just wanted to like do, if they like if Misfits just had like one fight like in the ring and it was MMA, I'd be cool. Mixed rules bout, dude. Could you imagine? Crazy like that, right? Anyways, man, any uh, any final thoughts on this before we close out? I mean, not much. I mean, I'll definitely be checking it out just because I have some interest in the names and have a little bit of investment in them. And I see your boy Jarvis is back, which I'm like, damn. I'm a little sad it took this long to see Jarvis back, man. Because after he got that that finish from Mikey Lee, it was kind of like, damn, I'm a, I'm kind of I kind of got some stock in Jarvis. Like I I want to see what Jarvis can do. Uh, and he he kept boxing. He's still training. That was a thing that uh. He never quit doing, and obviously he had that footage of him with Floyd that had come out. Which I mean, that's dope, man. I mean, look, he, he, you know, he doesn't. I feel like sometimes people have too high of expectations. It's like, dude, the fact that he even got to be in there and have that experience is something amazing that a lot of young men and a lot of guys around the come up would love to have. Right? Yeah. I mean, real quickly, just kind of talk about Jarvis. I was, I was really surprised that he took as much time off. I thought he looked like he looked. Good. It was such a quick fight, so you can't really judge it entirely but i thought like damn like he looked good man he looked like one of the more impressive guys that we've seen in their first yeah. fight i think i think that was the other thing it was his first ever bout like there was yeah and he went out there and just fucked him up you know but his coach is really good i remember the, him talking about that he's like the main thing we focused on is like he had to spar like we mainly focused on sparring because there was no other way he was going to gain experience fast enough outside of sparring mm-hmm. and he said that was the main thing they worked on they just sparred 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 obviously worked on the Sure, they worked on fundamentals, did stuff like that, padding, timing. But he's like the main thing was getting getting spar time in and getting him to understand how it feels to be in the ring. I mean, that's something that you can't emulate any other way. The in the actual fight, obviously, and especially in a controlled environment, because until someone's hitting you full force, until someone's running at you and moving fucking dumb or something, you don't know how to capitalize on it until you're in that actual situation or you've been into it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people just think like. Sparring is the same as fighting. Fuck it's that. not. Fuck no. And I don't know why people continue. I feel like a lot of people just have no like if that's if that's true that you're going in there and you're treating a sparring session like you're fighting somebody you're kind of an asshole. So I just gotta let you know like you gotta don't be throw, don't don't be trying to knock the not, don't be trying to knock out your fucking sparring partners, dude. Like, <laughs> but you see YouTubers say that shit all the time, so I don't I don't know. But there right? is a massive difference. It's it's not the same. Even if you try to go kill the guy, like. <laughs> so like just the differences in terms of fighting versus in in front of a crowd versus you know fighting in the gym fighting in a cage versus maybe just doing some sparring out on some math on something it, it, it's it's very different so um yeah 
Anyways, man, that's that's all I got though. That's all I got. Um, I do want to go ahead and close out with a with a with a big thank you to all the support we've gotten. Crazy, Angel, man. I, yeah, I know Angel feels it too, man. Um, we've had crazy growth over the last uh, over the last couple of months or so. I mean, we're we're about to be at eight fifty subscribers. Um, probably I'm I'm hoping to hit one thousand by the end by uh, by the end of April. That's my goal. Wow. So I like I like that energy, Josh. So. I mean, if not, if not, at least if not this year, right? Let's just get really close to it this year, and, and ideally we want to hit it before. But it's exciting, mm-hmm. man. A lot of views, a lot of people on TikTok, a lot of people on the Schwartz uh, chats. Everybody who's been commenting, kind of nice to see some people, uh, you know, get their opinion out there, get conversations going, maybe reignite some old conversations that that we had in the past. And uh, I'm just excited to do our. Uh, I mean, shit. Next week we have MMA, Josh. So. We might have to do some fucking fan questions. Just thought mm-hmm. about that. We might have to put that out there. Right. That's a good idea. Let's do some fan questions. I'll, I'll post it on to uh, anybody that's listening to this. I'll post it on uh, the YouTube uh, channel post, which I've never done before, but I'll do that um, probably like Saturday or something. And I'll post it to Twitter and Instagram and all the places where you can find us, which you can find me at Josh Evan on Twitter. He's at Angel Ortega score one over oh one, excuse me. Of course, that's sound for all things relating to the show. And uh, yeah, thanks for all the support. And like I said, keep an eye out on our social media. We'll probably be doing some fan questions next week because there's not really much to talk about. Um, but yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And uh, thanks again for all the love and support. Peace and bye, Chris. Mouse click.